0: flower farming, growth and profit in your business podcast. I'm your host, Ros Chandler, a flower farmer for over 10 years and 30 years as a business owner and marketing director. This podcast is for you if you're an ambitious flower farmer and looking for hints and tips to grow your business. We'll be covering strategy, marketing tactics, pricing, social media, and upscaling your flower farm so much more. I'm so excited to introduce you to some amazing guest speakers along the way. All of you will be at different points in your business. Our podcasts will take this into account. We look forward to joining you on your journey. Hello there. Hi, I'd like to introduce you today to Andrew Spink, who I've known for many, many years. And Andrew will explain where he comes from and his background and his industry. And I thought today we'd have a chat about you know, the important things about making money, the important things about starting up a business, running a business, scaling a business and some lessons that Andrew and I have learned along the way. So, Andrew, would you like to just introduce to the audience your background and what you've been up to?
1: Ros, good morning. Yes, indeed. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Andrew. Um, I have recently sort of finished or sort of semi-retired at the age of 59, having worked 43 years in the hospitality industry. Um, Similarly, retired in the sense that although I'm not taking day to day control of the hotel operations anymore, I still want to be involved in helping other people through business groups, one of which is Roz's organization, uh, and allowing and giving us, I suppose, the knowledge and the uh, information I've gained over the years to help others to achieve the same. So, 43 years in the hospitality industry. Um, started off at the age of 16, kitchen portering, worked through Uh, various roles in the position of the hotel manager, youngest general manager in the company, and possibly even the country back in 1984, age 22, given the opportunity and chance. Uh, And then uh, was general manager at the Belfry for the 2002 Ryder Cup, uh, which was a great experience, and then went on to manage other hotels and also a regional director responsible for five hotels. So a lot of operational uh, background, and uh, managing teams of up to 700 people um, at the Belfry in particular. So, yeah, that's my sort of history, really. Um, wow. World, <laughs> uh, one company, one bank, one wife, one bank, one football team, one job.
0: <laughs> Don't think we'll talk about the football team. Yeah. But we can yeah.
1: guess. <laughs> well, it's all set for the new season ahead. We'll see how
0: we go. You're always, there's always another season. Yeah. Um, yeah. So tell us, Andrew, about some learnings that you've learned. And so, you know, you, along the way, we, we both of us have been part of business groups, yeah. haven't we, and, and speakers that we've met and some things that have stuck in our minds and books that we've changed our lives and thought, well, we should follow that. And any learnings you've learned that we could pass on to people in their business? Well,
1: you know, like I say, coming from a corporate world, um, I've always had this umbrella of me, protecting me, but wanting myself to develop and grow into something different. and. I remember that one of the first lessons I learned many, many years ago was through an organization called Dale Carnegie. Now, if some of your uh, listeners and, and uh, clients are based in America, very, very successful ph- philanthropists back in the early 1900s. And one of the things that I learned from the Dale Carnegie program, which I became a graduate assistant on, was um, are you a manager of seven years or are you a manager of one year, it Was repeated seven times? And that resonated with me very early on to say, well, what are you doing? How are you doing it? If you keep doing the same thing, you're never going to grow. And therefore, you know, you've know, you got to keep pushing yourself and doing things differently and learning skill sets. So I use that all the time with some of my managers, not so much now, obviously I finished with them, but to allow them to look at their career path, what they're doing, uh, what they want to achieve, And I think although lots of people obviously are working for themselves that that we're talking to now, but, you know, the principles still stay the same. Um, You've got to make sure that you as a business leader are allowing your teams and the people you work work with to bring the very best out of them. So Dale Carnegie was a a very inspirational uh, person, um, character which i i got into very early how to win friends and influence people was his biggest well-known book uh, and then you had the leader in you which is what i've been reading more recently just to pick pick up and polish on some of those skills so yeah but coming back to business um i use an acronym called bbc build a team business acumen and create a culture and i've used that in all my hotels because i think that is the the essence of what you're doing, you know, you've got to have business acumen, you've got to know your finances. And if we, if we talk about the key elements to any business, in individual, private or self-employed, um, you've got to have your finances in order. You need to know your cash flow. You need to know your projections. You need to know your forecasting. You need to know your cost price of your product. So finance is a really um, big element of what you're doing. From a sales and marketing point of view, which is where, you know, you're an expert in that, Ross, because of your background. You know, who are your customers? Who are you going to? Who are you competing with? What's your uh, competitive edge? And something which we learned years ago, what's your unfair advantage? What can you do that your customers can't? And a a, a very quick story of this, uh, you know, just to demonstrate the point I'm making is... Um, When I was managing my last hotel many years ago, we had an event on in the town, but where the event was taking place was literally at the edge of our car park. My salesperson, who was dealing with the quotes and was quoting for the clients coming into the hotel, used a bit of research, quite cleverly, she researched where they were staying on the previous event on the previous year. And her pricing plan was just about just there or thereabouts the same as what the client was paying the year before but the year before they had to travel four miles each way but our, our unfair advantage was that the location was right on our door, right on order right on our doorstep so a conversation went there something down the lines so of why would why are you undercut why are you why you could have got another premium you could have got a premium another 10 or 15 pounds per room per night for five nights because of our location free car parking etc etc so again back to this know your unfair advantage and make sure you work on it whether it's location or person or product or something you can do the competition can't and and, and make sure you charge a premium for that so i've
0: always i've always told people to charge a premium for british flowers because because they are a premium product and because they're scented and natural and have no air miles and they're eco and all of that they're grown locally which is the same anywhere in the world if you're in the u.s you're growing them within a region And the thing about that is that's your advantage. That's your selling point. That's your, that's why people buy from you. And also, you know, you've got a price advantage at the moment with the prices, certainly in the UK with tax and tariffs going up 20% probably this year, that all of a sudden you've got an open market and people who wouldn't traditionally have bought from you like florists, because traditionally they'll just buy in from Holland. Mm -hmm. Traditionally that's opened up and now they are. So the market's wide open now and, Buying locals become quite a novel thing, and people are doing it. So now is the time to grab all of those unfair advantages.
1: Uh, it's a massive lesson. I mean, you know, uh, in, in your market, in your in your business, especially with the, the flower industry, all those things you pointed out there. You know, it, it's right to uh, take advantage of that for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, so sales and marketing. Um, I, again, your your background. Look at your. Uh, customer distribution, who are your customers, where are they coming from? Uh, what do you know about them? What research have you done? Uh, how do you contact them through social media, through this sort of platform? And I guess it's keeping that regular contact and that regular feedback all the time. Give them, I always used to say, give the customer no reason to leave you. No matter what, whether it's product, service, delivery or pricing, but give them no reason because everybody's out there doing something similar in each market. But... You're gonna learn and you're gonna gain and you're gonna encourage loyalty all the time if you give no reason to look to go anywhere else. And one of the um, phrases I I came across years ago was look after the customer before somebody else does. <laughs> yeah, it's, great, it's very basic, but you know, you've got you've got to understand them, talk to them, engage with them. It can be written, it can be verbal, it can be email, but get to know them almost uh years ago i i i, uh, I think starbucks i mean we, we have a um starbucks in the hotel and one of starbucks's mantras is you need to make people feel better when they walk out of the store than when they walked in and a lot of that to me is down to something which i came across years ago from one of the harvard magazines and it was called a transactional relationship And it's very, it's very simple. You know, I give you £5 for a cup of coffee. You give me a cup of coffee, I go away. But it's more than that because you're handing over a £5 note for a cup of coffee. How are you? What's your name? Can I I offer you? Would you like this? How's your day been? Where have you come from? What's your plan for the rest of the day? It's all general conversation. But all of a sudden you're building that rapport with the client. And whether that's a, a coffee shop or it's a retail shop for the farming industry or a high street retailer, it's transactional relationship. And that's the sort of thing that everybody who is in business needs to understand and just enforce that with their own teams. So sales and marketing, operations, uh, the, again, the four disciplines we're talking about, uh, finance, talking about sales, operations, obviously, how you're doing it, what you're doing, what your standards are, your procedures, your consistency. You know, So often in, in any business, uh, you've got you've got to do things right every time, not just once or twice. Know 80%, 90% of what you're achieving isn't good enough. The customers will expect a, a certain level of brand, a certain level of product, time and time again. And if you start falling short of that, they'll go and look somewhere else. There's lots of people doing what you're doing. So you've got to be consistent with your procedures, with your team, engaging with your team. I'm sure lots of people are doing this on their own, but some may have three or four people working in that team. So yeah. you engage with your team. You tell them what your plans are. You tell them what your targets are. You tell them what your expectations are, and it becomes a, a, a you know team group of people working together for a common goal. It's very simple, but yeah. they and that
0: to... that doesn't matter whether they're employed or freelance. I mean, my team primarily, although I have some employed, tends to be go, it goes up and down in terms of. So, for instance, this weekend it will go up to ten, and which is quite a lot because they're all going to be in different locations. So you've basically got to bring them all together, show them yeah. what your values are, show them. Well, I'm going to show them a video of what the client sent me, what her, she's expecting, and they'll all be bought into. This is what we're creating together, kind of yeah. thing. Otherwise, if you let them all just go off, it'll be an absolute disaster.
1: You know, you've, you've got to share what what the plans with everybody, as you say, especially if you've got individuals who are not uh, lots of remote working at the moment. But your business obviously has got different people with different key uh, skill sets that are involved day to day. So, but they need to know, you know, who that end customer is and what their expectations are. And there's lots of elements of people's contribution to achieve that, whether it's, you know, doing what you're doing or doing what I was doing. But um, they need to understand what the vision of the business is and what the expectation of the client is. And that way it's all successful.
0: Yeah, agreed. Absolutely. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and there's other, and then again, when you get into teams, you talk about the HR side, the 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 human resources, the people management, how you manage the teams, and and again, it's just making sure that you you, you're managing it in a way that, that you're creating that culture. Back to the BBC, you're building building a team, you're you're creating a culture, and you have got this business acumen. So those those three things are all part of how people can be successful, either individually or as part of a bigger organization.
0: I always um, think business network, business acumen never stops and you can carry on learning it, can't you? I mean, well, all of
1: as, us. We, as we are now, as I've looked for you before we came online.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's never every day is a school day. I absolutely agree that. I mean, for instance, you know, I have a relatively good business acumen. I've run other businesses, um, but I don't stop learning. You know, I've just read a book called Profit First and I will instigate that in my business. Um, I don't stop reading at all. I don't stop finding new ways of doing stuff, um, new tools. Uh, To be honest, there's so many tools out there now that can help you along your business. Um, You know, and I still, you know, I'm not a bad Instagrammer. You know, I've got eight thousand three hundred followers, and I do reels and IGTV. But from a business point of view, I shall. um, I'm doing ninety minutes of training on Instagram today because I'm sure there's something I don't know. So I think it's about learning, and yeah. But going back to business is about getting the numbers right. I mean, the biggest problem in the flower industry is getting the pricing right um, because people mostly undervalue what they do and therefore undersell it. And therefore, um, it's really difficult to make a profit
1: mm.
0: because, and it's going back to getting their cost structure right because a tulip bulb, for instance, is 40p. Let's say an average tulip bulb that you buy is 40p. That's quite a lot. But you've got to get it in the ground. You've got to water it all for for time if you need to, and then you've got to pull it out the ground, and you've got to prepare it, and then you've got to sell it. So if you if you did it at forty p, and you need to sell it one pound twenty, have you got a market for that one pound twenty? Yeah. You know that's the hardest.
1: All, yeah, because I guess with it all being seasonal, I mean, I've got I'm looking in the garden now, so I've got some nice flowers in there, some roses, and the grass is all striped up and so forth. But I guess if it's seasonal, you've only got a short window to sell the product. Otherwise, the investment you've made into getting that product ready for market is just wasted. Yeah, so, again, perishable. it's it's looking at your, 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 your timeline from plan, from planting to to, to to the money going in a till. Yeah. What you're doing, yeah. How are you planning it? There's going to be outside factors like the weather, of course. I don't know much about it, but I, I know that the weather's going to impact on what you do. Uh, but you're going to have to look at the start to finish. What's the complete journey? From bull, bull planting to cashing the till, and you've got to make sure that you're not over forecasting, you're not under forecasting. And if you've got a, a big demand for a short supply, move your prices up. I mean, just because you sell something for a pound or one pound twenty on Tuesday it doesn't mean to say you can't spend you can't set the two pound on Friday. Yeah. You know, look at the supply and demand, and, and I think the whole world at the moment is realizing there's a there's a there's a big demand on products and there's, and there's a shortage of supply. So that in general, yeah,
0: absolutely,
1: prices up. <laughs> So you know, yeah. and I, I, I had an example, we did some decorating a few weeks ago, or well, a few months ago now, and it cost me eighty pound for ten litres of paint on week one, and a hundred pound for two to same ten litres on week three, because we ran out. And can't get know, it. You can't get it, so therefore you pay premium. So anybody listening to this, you know, if that if that's your product and you've got people that are screaming out for it, push your price up because. But again, you've got to give a service. Don't push the price up and profiteer, and then you lose your customer. Just double check what other people are doing, and if you've got a premium product, and you've got a market that will pay for that, because you're going to give an exceptional level of customer service, uh, engage with the customer. Where 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 are you putting these plants? What you're going to do? How will it contribute to your garden or to your environment? Share interest, and people will come back to you, you know, time and time again, because you've got uh, you're on their wavelength. You've got an interest about what is happening outside when they walk away from your property.
0: Yeah yeah it is yeah definitely yeah there is a shortage of product for sure and in the in the garden world there's a massive shortage because everybody's doing it you know because of covid so if you want to get compost or you want to build a polytunnel or you want to buy some wood or you want to get some plants it's pretty tough actually Mm -hmm. so you know it's a a scarcity at the moment so just bear that one in mind when you're doing your pricing
1: yeah definitely definitely um, you know, we, we, just quickly, quick, I, I tell you what, I, I, I used the phrase years ago. I still, I still used it until I left. And it was aimed at all my managers. And I used, I would just say to them, uh, when we're doing a review of their performance, we'd say, you know, if you were self-employed, you'd be unemployed. And <laughs> it's, a, it's a great leveler because I used to say, you know, we, we've got this corporate umbrella. I mentioned it previously. You know, we get paid every month. You know whether we do, do good bad or indifferent but individual people are self-employed and my dad was a driving instructor for 50 years he passed away early this year unfortunately uh, but he was a driving sort of 50 years and I never knew the pressure you know myself and my sister my mum lived in a house and he was always out driving if he wasn't driving a car he had his own business with three or four drivers working for him he had a coach business he had a minibus business they were out the weekend on my sister's horse box um and you know, you you, I, you never realise that people who are self-employed, the pressures they're under because they've got their uh, the whole family uh, environment to provide for. With a corporate life, it's a bit different. But I would say to my managers, you know, if this was your health and beauty salon, if this was your restaurant, if this was your leisure club, if this was your bar or restaurant, and you had a bank manager and a mortgage and your debt and your uh, commitments, you know, you would probably be out of business. And that resonated quite a lot with them. And all of a sudden within brand guidelines, of course, because you just can't go and do something that doesn't fit with the brand. Uh, But it just made sure that they were constantly looking at the efficiencies, you know, their payroll cost, which is obviously the biggest cost to a business, Uh, their operational costs, their challenges, their forecasting, uh, their business demand. And they were also looking at the, 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 the demand on certain times of the day in terms of structuring their team fairly basic stuff but you've got to keep reminding people and back to the health and beauty thing we put our price up because you know what we had a free car park we had 800 car park spaces and it was all free and our biggest competitor was in the town center and it's two pound yeah. for three hours or four pound for four hours and yes they can do the shopping and go to the bank but if they've been in for beach treatments last thing what they want to do is to go uh shopping you know around Parks and spencers when they just have a, a two-hour beauty treatment so we've got free car parking so put your prices up because you, the guests are saving three or four pound by parking the car yeah and it's just that, that that in that example will be your unfair advantage
0: yeah so you're probably worth before you do anything writing your top 10 unfair advantages
1: what can you am weaving do
0: them into everything you do.
1: What can you do that your competition can't? Go and check them out. Go and do a mystery shop. Go and buy some products from that particular location. You know, uh, uh, oh, no, we don't do cash. Oh, no, we don't do card. Okay, well, you do the alternative then. See what they don't do, and then you do it. Yeah. And, and that's a Especially
0: with flowers. There's going to be flowers they cannot stock. So there's going to be probably 10 blooms in the summer they don't buy because they can't bring them in for overseas because they're too delicate. Sweet peas, nigellas. Cornflowers, all the British traditional flowers—they cannot stock. So you've already got an unfair advantage, yeah. and don't you know? Don't forget that.
1: Yeah, I think you've got eco,
0: sustainable. you have got, eco, you've got loads yeah. of reasons.
1: Yeah, and um, you know, in, in terms of um, what you can do, just play to your strengths all the time. But also the, a lot of it is, it's not just about, you know, here's the product, here's the cash, thank you very much. It's just, have, as I said to before, it's having that relationship with them. People will come back time and time and time again.
0: Yeah.
1: When I, when I speak to some of the college students about some customer service angles, I will ask them, so give me some examples of great customer service and give me some examples of poor ones and why are they poor and what would you do differently? And whether it's a petrol station or whether it's a newspaper shop or whether it's a a boutique, high street shop, you've all got examples of good customer service. And in your case, with the flower market, if they buy from someone who's knowledgeable, they will go back all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that you take time to have a chat with them. And, you know, flowers is about making beautiful, isn't it? It's about making people happy, ultimately.
1: So is um, a advice, isn't it? I mean, if I, I, I we don't buy flowers, we buy bulbs and plants and things. But you know, is it the right soil? Is it the right soil? Is it the right environment? Where are you going to put them? I've got this garden. I want some sunshine here. What plants can I put in there? What flowers will grow? Oh well, they want semi-shade. They want full shade. They want they want no shade. They want full sun. So you know, when people oh think, Andrew,
0: we'll get you on of our courses.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, listen. Um, my wife does all the, I do all the planting. She does all the picking and says, right, well, we're going to put that there, that there, and that there. I then plant them, mow and grow, and she, I, I cut the grass and wash the garden and wash the plants, feed the plants. She does a heading. So that's her little
0: Dead heading is very therapeutic.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Andrew, we'll we'll follow on. We'll have another series after this one. You don't get away that easily. So today was just an introduction to some things you should think about in your business. But I think the, the main takeout today is to write down ten things that are unique to you. You know, that is your customer unfair advantage.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: That's what I would do.
1: Yeah. Okay. Good. To think- well, I, I, I hope the team and the people got some some use out of that. It was great to talk to you guys this morning as usual. Uh, One last thing, he he who takes no risk takes the biggest risk of all. So, any listeners out there, (laughs) it's a great phrase. It's again something I've used many, many times just to let people know that, you know, should I, shouldn't I, should I invest in that, should I invest in this, should I buy this, should I buy the other? And you know what? If if you don't take any risk, you're taking the biggest risk of all.
0: Yeah, I I would say I was quite a risk taker. I think I am because I my my mantra or the thing that goes with me mostly is, well, what's the worst thing that can happen, hmm. and therefore you take a risk. And generally, you know, won't all work out. You know, I've taken some risks even in the last year with product, for instance, I thought would sell and didn't. So, but you know, the rest of it is fine. So I think a risk is a good thing.
1: Well, you learn from that, don't you? You learn from that.
0: Definitely, definitely. Thank you very much, Andrew. We'll very talk very soon.
1: Well, look forward to it.
0: This has been your host, Ros Chandler. If you'd like to know more about growing your cut flower farm, do join our Facebook group. It's called Cut Flower Farming, Growth and Profit in Your Business. Many thanks.